I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. My guest today, Bill Gardner from New Hampshire. Sir, how are you? And welcome to the show. I'm just fine. You got a big job. You know, the secretary. Yeah, you're the Secretary of State of New Hampshire. You've written a book on why New Hampshire. Given the results in Iowa, what can you predict for next week? I can predict that what happens in New Hampshire will be as significant as it traditionally has been. Mm. Which means that we will have a story based on the results. Yeah. Since the voters of New Hampshire could vote directly for a presidential nominee in 1952, this is the 100th anniversary year of New Hampshire having the first in the nation presidential primary. But for the first almost half a century, the voters could only vote for the delegates to go to the national convention and that they would be grouped according to what presidential candidate they felt they were going to support at the convention. But in 1952, for the first time, they could vote directly. They, they, they could vote for the delegates. That was one part of the ballot. But there'd be a separate column just of the presidential candidates. And since 1952, every single person who's held the office of president has won at least one New Hampshire presidential primary. And of the 17 presidential elections, those 17 presidential primaries since 1952, 14 of the 17 the winner became president that year, and the other three came in second that became president. But it's, pretty, they it's a pretty good track record, then. Went on to win yeah. the primary. That's yep. why we can say every single one, including Gerald Ford, who was not elected president, but he did win a, a presidential primary mm-hmm. here. So it, it's, it's all of, all of them. At the time that we're having this conversation, there's been no winner in Iowa. What's the effect of that on New Hampshire, do you think, in 2020? Iowa has uh, had some effect over the years in different ways. Uh, Not necessarily, it's not that the winner of Iowa wins New Hampshire, because that's the exception rather than the rule. It's only been a a few instances. But, uh, so, you know, it does have some, let me People realize it, but here the vote is pretty much, you know, a personal vote by each person. Uh, we don't. The last three presidential primaries, two of them, less than five percent vote voted by absentee ballot. There's no other state in the country like that. People here wait until the end. They're making up their mind now. This weekend, they want to see as much as they can. They know that. Significant events have happened here because the nature of the campaigns here, they build to this crescendo during the last week. And oftentimes, unscripted moments happen that have a huge impact on the vote here. People are looking for the unscripted moments, the questions that candidates did not expect, uh, questions that more personal character related type questions. So the person is going to win this. It's going to happen as a result of this week. Yep. And it, Iowa yep. is not a big 
factor mm. in in the decision. So you run a primary, obviously it's a caucus in Iowa, a much different system. How would you break down the state? For a viewer or a listener looking at New Hampshire, what's the geography or what's the county breakdown as you see it? Well, there are 10 counties in the state. New Hampshire is a state that we have more people in this state who have held a public office and have run for a public office per capita by far than any other state. We have more elections every year. The towns have elections here. Uh, All state constitutional offices have two-year terms elected every two years. So we're always in election mode, and people here know what it's like to get up and disagree with their neighbors on certain issues that come up. Uh, at our town meetings every year, so it's uh, it, it's a uh, it's it's different. The political right. culture is different. We have it's... a four hundred member House of Representatives. California would wow. have to have over fourteen thousand members. Our our house is almost as big as the U.S. House, but it provides for a lot of people to share the power of government. Our constitution was set up that way deliberately. And we're a state that, in the legislative uh, branch, there's the House and Senate kind of check on each other, but we actually have it in the executive branch. We have one governor elected by all the voters, and we have five mini-governors elected by 20% of the population of the state, five districts, and three of those five are like a second governor. They can stop any nominations. They can make nominations. They uh, all the state departments. They're they're part of who gets the positions in those departments. So, there's the, the idea at the beginning was don't have a lot of power in one place. Let as many people as possible share the power of government, and that. That's what this state is all about, and that's why when candidates come here, it's a different experience. Not that that people here are any smarter than people anywhere else, but the structure here of how we self-govern by and for the people is different. uh, I don't think any other state has an executive branch where they basically have two governors, although... It's called the governor, and then it's called the governor's council, and it goes back to the king and the council. New Hampshire, New Hampshire was a you know the first state to break away from the king. We were the first state in January of 1776 to declare that we we were we were all done. We were creating our own new free and independent government. The only thing different between what New Hampshire did and what Thomas Jefferson and John Adams in the Declaration of Independence, New Hampshire said, we're doing this because our rights and privileges as Englishmen have been denied us. Someday, if you give us back those rights, we will consider coming back. But we're done now. And whereas Jefferson's declaration said, we're going to die first. You're going to have to kill us because we're never going back. New Hampshire's was just a little bit different, but we were the first 
to actually do it. That's awesome. Let's pause right there. More Hammer Time after this. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Politics is in your blood. So how do you, what's the difference between Burlington, a college town, and Manchester, the capital, and down to the seacoast for somebody like Bernie Sanders or Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden? Who do you, how do you think New Hampshire breaks in those areas and for whom? Well, we have uh, college populations in, in uh, Durham is where the University of New Hampshire is, and we have, there are a lot of college students here, and the college students that are here have the right to vote here if they wish to, and if they actually live here while they're going to college. And I think it's pretty similar to other states. Uh, Burlington's where the University of Vermont is, and Vermont's got their colleges, but Vermont's a little less than half the population of New Hampshire, and Vermont is a is different. I mean, New Hampshire doesn't back in the back about forty, fifty years ago. New Hampshire and Vermont faced some economic issues, and Vermont opted to go to an income tax, and New Hampshire didn't, and still hasn't. It's mm. made different choices. Yeah. How would you characterize the strength of the president today in New Hampshire? Well, I don't I don't get involved in the campaigns. I run I oversee administer mm-hmm. the election in a fair way that allows for everyone to have the same you know be treated the same. Sure. Whatever philosophy, whatever party you run an election in New Hampshire, and you're all going to be under the same rules. And so I, I don't go to political events. I don't endorse candidates. I've never, in my own, I'm elected every two years. I've never raised any money. I've never had a fundraiser. Yeah, but I, I'm not asking you for an endorsement. I just know, I was, I'm, is he popular in New Hampshire or not, do you think, today? Well, at the the, the last time he was here... People talk about the incredible length of the line hours and hours and hours before the event. Now, not all of those in line were from New Hampshire, but I don't think anybody has seen anything like that before in in their lifetime. That kind of attendance or people trying to to attend. But he has these rallies, and they're very... There, there was, there's a building in downtown Manchester, and uh, the line. I mean, I didn't see it myself, but one of my brothers <laughs> described it to me how long it was. He happened to be driving, and all of a sudden there were all these people, and he told me where where, where they were, and it was quite a ways from the place where the event was going to be. And he has a rally there on Monday night, the night before the primary. Just one yeah. last question here, Bill. 
When you talked about the number of unde- people making their decisions late in the process, how what do you think the percentage of the undecideds are only days away from the primary? Uh, I would say that at least half of the people in this state at least half, and it could be it, it could be up to three three out of four, it, and it's always been like this. They want to make the right call. They know how significant it is. They know that events have taken place here during the last ten days, many times, and they they get a better chance of having an unscripted moment that questions that a candidate has never gotten before. They weren't, their campaign managers hadn't uh, told them exactly how they should be answering. And, and those moments either crystallize for, for some why they were leaning the right way or why they weren't. And, and, and I mean, you, you go back, uh, there were many of these, and I expect that, that we're going to have some of them this time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the polls have not, uh, you know, they're soft. I can remember when... What, what, Senator sorry. Robert, what, Senator, yeah, what do you uh, mean soft? What does that mean, Bill? Well, if, if we have what... We, we've had over the years, people are not making up their mind, definitely. They're, they, they might like two or three candidates, and they wait. They have always, it's always been with that. That's why our absentee vote, and we've had two primaries in early January, not too long ago, and you'd think people would be away or they'd, they'd vote by absentee, but people don't do that here. They want to wait for that day because they know that things have happened that will make them feel better about their final choice. And, and it's a substantial number. I mean, the, the classic one was Senator Obama and Senator Clinton. Every single poll over the weekend before that that primary in 2008, I think Obama was 18 points down to 11 points. No one's even the Clinton campaign over the weekend. Bill Clinton was speaking at some events saying that it was unfortunate that Iowa was only five days ahead of New Hampshire and you know Hillary was not, not doing well. And then she wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they play the games. Bill, thank you so much, and good luck on Tuesday. And uh, let's have, as they say, let's have a good game, huh? (laughs) (laughs) The Secretary of State of New Hampshire, Bill Gardner, thank you, Bill, for your time. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Hemmer Time.